Peace. Welcome everyone to the House of Peace podcast. We're a podcast about Christianity. Uh, we talk about everything relating to Jesus and God in a simple way that attempts to connect everyone's lives. We believe that even though the gospel is uh, a singular sort of message, it's not just a message set in stone. It is a message that everyone hears and believes in different ways. Uh, we believe that everyone has their own unique and a beautiful relationship with Jesus and God. Cool. So um, this month, for the month of, I think it is June, we have Nahil um, from House of Peace, I guess. Uh, yeah, introduce yourself, please, Nahil. Thanks for having me, Ilha. Uh, my name is Nahil, everyone. Um, I am currently working. I'm not, not too sure what else to say, but yeah, I've met Ilha at the start of this year and really cool dude, so I'm really excited for tonight. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you know what? One thing I could say about Nihil that's true is he's really tall, right? And then number two, he's, uh, he's on fire for God all the time, which is definitely the kind of uh, people we want on the podcast, which is awesome. So uh, this month's topic is what is love? You know, love is the word that's on everyone's lips. Uh, we see this word everywhere and it can mean so many different things. I can love my parents. I can love a partner or the person I'm engaged or married to, right? But at the same time, I can also love a good burger and I can also love a certain computer game or a book or a movie. So what does this word love really mean? The dictionary defines love as an intense feeling of deep uh, affection. Okay, but that still doesn't really fully explain what love means. The Bible offers us a great definition for it, fortunately. Um, the Lord, uh, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Well then, that sounds really complicated. Uh, what if I knew nothing about God or who he is at all? We'll get into that a little bit later. But the Bible continues on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, great. Now we have a basis for our love towards other people. If we held ourselves in good regard, respected and loved ourselves enough to take care of our own health and well-being, then we should do the same for others. This is what love means. That we should do that we should love our neighbors or the people around us just like we love ourselves now let's ask nahil what is love for you nahil how do you express love for others all right that's a good question Uha. um so i think um, before i answer that i do think that love is an emotion that is at the essence of human beings um the reason why is because we are all created in god's image right like you said, a dictionary's definition of love is like a strong affection or something or someone. Uh, that is true. Um, but I think it's, there's definitely more to that as well. And I think a lot of people will, will agree. Um, but yeah, for me, I think um, love, look at love as unconditional, an unending affection or support for someone or something, even to the point of looking past someone's circumstance. What do I mean by that? For example, if I have a tainted relationship with someone, for some reason, I didn't make amends with that person. Just a side note, this is just an example. As a Christian, we're obviously called to forgive our forgive everyone, right? Um, so, but yeah, continuing this example, um, if I didn't make amends with someone, I somehow fell into a troubling situation myself, right? Um, if that, um, 
that person looked past our circumstance of that tainted relationship we have we had he still came and helped me that's what i would call love that's what i would call true love he looked past our um the i guess the dent in our friendship in our relationship he still came and helped me when i was in trouble and um and that fits my that fits my definition of love as well that an unconditional or unending affection and someone even to the point of looking past someone's circumstance um and then how do i express it um and i'm sorry going back to what is love for me again um even though i gave that example and that answer obviously i think there's way more to love because love is such a big emotion and that's some that's a simple way how i would describe it in terms of your second question how do i express it um i definitely like that question too um so i think if we look at the five love languages for example if i compare my life to that i'd say that i like all of them to be honest all five of them <laughs> but um if i did stick to let's say just two i think the ones that stick out to me the most are probably words of affirmation and physical touch uh so i think for an example when when appropriate i generally express love to others by encouraging them through words um comforting them through my words and my actions also as weird as it sounds like like to touch them as well to show them i'm here for them i'm showing them um that i'm there for them um to comfort them that way as well um yeah hopefully that answers your question but i'm very interested to hear from you as well ilham um what about you is love for ilham how do you express it man uh, i think wow that's a really good answer um i really like what you said about the unconditional love because i i remember a period of time where i thought that um you know if 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 myself and a friend had a tainted relationship there's nothing we could do to fix that you know it'll always be tainted and it's interesting to see that when you read the bible and god's word it kind of allows you or actually opens up uh, a new way to love others a way that defeats um, negativity in a way almost and um yeah, uh, so I guess what is love for me? Uh, love for me is, um, I guess love for me is just being able to, being able to experience positivity every day um, because of God in a way. Um, I know that in the Bible it says we love because God first loved us, and I really hold that so close to my heart. Um, like my Creator, my God, created me because He loved me. So. Um, that gives me the agency and the command, like it gives me a mission to love others um, as I as I live out my life. Um, and how do I express it? I guess, um, I don't know, there's so many ways you can express love. It doesn't have to be um, buying gifts. It doesn't have to be monetary for me. It can be, um, I guess, just like you said, encouraging words or touch, although, although I'm not really too fond of the touching side. Um, but yeah, um, if I were to compare my kind of love for the to the five love languages, I've forgotten them. But words of affirmation would definitely be the strongest one because I love writing and I love um, I love words because I feel like just like the Bible and God's words having power. I believe um, us as humans, if we write down a letter or a text or a or a message on Messenger or an email, the the kinds of words we choose and the way we structure. Um, our messages can actually make a difference in someone's day. Just like how the Bible structured um, to deliver a certain message that's underlying under the um, words that you see on the um, pages. Um, yeah, cool. So I guess moving on from that, 
you know, we, we, we hold, as Christians, we hold love so close to the center of our lives. And uh, I guess I wanted to push this question on to you, Nahil. Why is love at the core of Christianity? Okay. All right. I like it. Just a side note. So um, if anyone's wondering what the five love languages were, I was just going to mention this before. Um, they are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So just for your information, if you're wondering. Um, so your question was why, what was it, sorry? Sorry, sorry. It was uh, why is love at the core of Christianity? And we'll both answer this question, I think, which is good. But I want to ask, ask you first. Um, yeah, it's a good question, man. Um, I think I'll describe it this way. So I'll first describe how love is depicted in the Bible. And then I'll describe um, why it's at the core of Christianity. Um, so, again, love is depicted in so many different ways in reality and in the Bible, right? Um, and I believe Jesus is our greatest example of love. Um, he is the person we should look to when we define love. Um, and I think it goes back to the definition I mentioned before, an unconditional and unending affection and support for someone, even to the point of looking past someone's circumstance. And actually, when I wrote that definition or that understanding I had for love, I realized it's pretty much just a fancy way of saying love your enemies. And that's very biblical as well. Um, and we know that Jesus embodied this as well. He embodied the um, idea of loving your enemies. Um, but he did so much more than this too. And on top of this, I think the Bible itself defines love very well. And I'm sure you've heard this, Ilham, but in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, I'll read it out to everyone. So it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. And I think that's so beautiful. It's really a good, good definition of what love really is, right? And then, like, I look at today's society, right? I look at today's world, right? And if we were to measure our love today to that standard, I think we can all agree that we would all fall short of that type of love. Because I think generally speaking, when we look at love, right, we generally only want to love people that love us, or we generally only want to love people that do something good for us. And I mean, that's important, right? Um, you know, you've got to love in those situations too. But the Bible is calling us to a greater type of love, to a love that will love our enemies. If someone hurts us, we are called to love them, right? If someone diso you know, disobeys us, disencourage, like, um, I mean, does harm to us, um, we're called to love them. And why is love at the core of Christianity? Because our God is love. You touched on that before, that The Bible says our God is love. He's the very essence of love. Um, he has no, I guess, um, anything that isn't of love, he does not possess, right? Especially when it comes to his creation. I mean, obviously, God hates sin, right? But that's, that's, um, that's a just standard according to his righteousness. But when it comes to his creation, the people he created, he like he loves us because that's who he is, right? And um, I think the way that I look at this and the way I know for myself that um, God does love me or the way I know that love is definitely at the core of Christianity because you can make claims, right? Everyone makes claims about things. 
That's why we have so many belief systems out there that make claims about certain things, right? Um, but the reason why I know that, I guess, um, um, love is at the core of Christianity is because God, God actually came down into earth to prove it to us. And what do I mean by that? Um, so we believe that Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh, right? And the cool thing is we can actually um, look into history to see if this guy actually existed. Did Jesus actually exist? And, and almost every historian, like, sorry, every, every historian believes that this man Jesus existed, right? But the Bible made claims about him that, um, um, yeah, that are very, I guess, that have big implications for us um, as, as humans, right? And some of the claims are that Jesus lived a sinless life. He performed miracles. He healed the sick. He, um, he loved his enemies like we touched on before. He did all these awesome things. But then he also said that he will die on the cross for us as well, for humanity, and he'll rise again from the dead. And when I look at that, when I look at that and when I look at the evidence behind that, there's definitely a lot of evidence to believe that Jesus actually did this for us. Sorry, I'm getting into apologetics, but I've been listening to Ravi Zacharias recently, so why not bring this up as well? Um, so obviously when we look at Jesus, we can see that he actually loves us, that he was willing to set aside his glory in heaven. I mean, if you think about it, God was in heaven being worshipped by angels. He had no reason to come down here. He was already, he had everything he needed up there. But he knew that we were in trouble as humans, that we needed help, that we were going to be separated from him for eternity from because of our sin. And because he loves us so much, this is an example of how much he loves his creation, that he was willing to come down to earth, live a simple life, live as a carpenter, and, um, and then, like, I guess, betray what his love really is for us by the actions he did and then by ultimately dying a gruesome death on the cross and then rising here from the dead. So I hope that answers your question, um, why love is at, is at the centre of Christianity. Um, to cut a long story short, I don't know I spent a long time answering, but I think the reason why love is at the core of Christianity is because God, is, in his essence, is love. Yeah, and if I could add to that, because um, for me, I've always been a fan of um, Old Testament, you know, um, and, I, and I believe that, you know, because... If there is a God that created us, created his own children uh, in mankind, there's no other explanation than, you know, God loves you and I. Uh, sure, like humans, mankind failed. And just like a father, our God got angry at our rebellion against his wishes. You know, if I went against my dad's wishes, I'd, I'd get it, man. I'd get a hiding. But he still loved us so much to send Jesus, his own, one and only son, as, as a sacrifice so that our sins could be forgiven. So that that leads me to my answer for this, is that love in the Christian sense is what we've been talking about all along. It's sacrificial. It's it's giving up something we hold dear for the sake of the someone uh, of the well-being of someone else, which is what exactly what God did through Jesus. Um, it's a willingness to be beside the ones you love and even the ones you don't love through the joy and suffering. Yeah, um, so I guess uh, I, I usually do this um, during my past podcast, Nahil, but I assume the role of someone who might be really quite new to the faith, on, even a non-believer, and I, and I want to pose this uh, question to you. How would I, a new believer or a non-believer, get to experience Christ-like love? Oh, I like that, man. I like that. I actually, um, 
Actually, before I answer that, can I ask you a follow-up question from what we were talking about before? Um, I think my follow-up question from before, um, for what we were just talking about before is, a lot of people ask this question. Um, I'm probably, I'm sure you've probably heard this when you've gone out evangelizing. Um, you know, if God loves me, why hasn't he done anything for me? I guess, um, I guess like, I think I, t- I touched on a bit of that just before as well. But I guess how would you, like, answer people that are having this struggle um, coming to terms with God's love for them? Okay. Um, no, that's a, that's a really good question. And, you know, I've been evangelizing on more than one occasion and got, I've gotten that answer from a few, um, kind of, yeah, it's just really not a good situation to be in. Um, but yeah, um, I think it is the kind of answer that a lot of evangelize evangelizers are looking for. Um, you know, if God loves me, why doesn't, hasn't he done a single good thing for me in my life? And, my answer is this. If God didn't really love you, Nihil, if you ask this to me, you might not even exist right now, right? God never would have created life or the universe if he had no love for life. The sum of every good and bad decision you've made up until now, Nihil, that's all brought you here today to record this podcast with me. But God was always there. So you can be assured that he loves you, even though you might not be able to visibly see his effects on your life. Think of you, If you think of your whole life now, right, without God and with God, I kind of want people who ask this question to, to reframe their way of thinking in those two kind of ways. Uh, if I was an unbeliever, I, I would think of my whole life without God. It's generally been good. It's generally been good. There's some bad there's been some bad times in my life for sure. Um, some emotionally testing times, but I, but you know, but I turned out okay. But when I put God, my Creator, into this um, equation, I can see so much more that He that He authored every single page of the book of my life from um, from start to the end until the day I die and ascend into heaven, and that brings so much more perspective. So I think. To, to simply answer the question, if God loves me, why hasn't he done anything for me? He has done everything for you in a way. He has created you. He has made you into being. He made the first humans into being, so to speak. And uh, if, he, if God is the author of our lives, then he has done everything for us in a way. He, he's, he's led us from one bad decision to the next. He's led us from one good decision to the next good decision. And Along the way, the Holy Spirit you know, assists us in learning lessons um, about life, whether we whether we might realize it or not. So that's what I really believe, that if you know, God definitely loves every single human just because we exist on the earth here today. Yeah, Nihil. That's, that's amazing. I love that, man. So good. All right, thanks for that, man. Um, yeah, to answer your new question, so I think it was, how would I, a new believer or non-believer, get to experience God's love? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, again, great question, man. Um, if you don't mind, I'll probably split this question up into two answers. Um, first, from a new believer's perspective and then from a non-believer's perspective. Um, so I think if you're a new believer, um, you can experience God's love by growing your relationship with Jesus. So what do I mean by that? Um, so give me, I'll give you an example. Like any new friendship on this earth, right? Um, how do you grow a new friendship? grow it by talking to that person more. You grow it by understanding their interests, likes, and dislikes. If you respect that person, 
will generally not do the things that person dislikes around them, if that makes sense. But likewise with God, you can experience his love um, more by communicating to him every day. That's what God wants. He wants a personal relationship. He wants us to know him more and he wants, um, yeah, he wants us to grow in him more as well. Um, and then, but you might ask then, um, how can we um, experience his love by communicating to him more? Well, again, that's how, that's how he wants it. He will reveal things to us the more we speak and engage in prayer with him. Right? Not only that, we can also know him more through his word, the Bible, and through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can reveal things about God to us that we, our, that we didn't know before. And in other ways that we can, um, another thing that we can do is through reading his word is understand God's interests and likes and dislikes. I really bring this up because um, since he is our God as well, um, not just our friend, we have to strive to be obedient to him as well. And by being obedient, we have to understand what he likes and what he doesn't like, avoiding the things that he doesn't like, which is obviously sin, right? Again, to summarize that answer, um, we grow in our relationship and grow and understand God's love by um, talking to him more, reading the word by letting the word speak to us by letting the holy spirit speak to us i think another awesome thing is that god's blessed us with is people around us the church right i think the church is an, is an awesome awesome tool to help us grow as well um what do i mean by that if we go to church it's all encouragement they're going to encourage you to grow in your faith they're going to encourage you in certain ways to experience god's love we need people around us as well to help us grow and love Jesus more and to know God's love for us more as well. Now, from a non-believer's perspective, um, I'm going to take the different route to tackle this one. Um, I'm going to say this. If you're a non-believer that's listening to this, right, um, again, we love you, um, but I think this is really important to say. I think I really encourage you to search for truth. Um, I think every person in this world, and this is my personal belief, you could agree, Maybe you can disagree, that's fine as well. I think every person in this world will one day in their life look for answers to the big questions in life. Or they will seek answers for the big questions in life. And what are the big questions generally? It's meaning, it's purpose, what am I here for? It's origin, it's morality, destiny. Um, it's easy to find temporary solutions to these questions. They will never truly satisfy us. I believe Jesus provides all of these answers. He not only provides them, he also gives us full satisfaction. He gives us meaning and purpose. He tells us how and why, we're, why we were created. He tells us what is right and what is wrong. He tells us that this life on earth isn't the end. We can be with him for eternity. How good is that? Like, I find that so awesome. And the cool thing is that every person in this world has a chance to respond to him. Um, since this podcast is about love, I know this will sound ironic, but God is so loving, he will not force you to love him. He's given you freedom to make decisions and choices for yourself. I find that a really loving gesture, that he didn't make us robots, he made us free creatures to make decisions and choices. Since you have a decision, uh, since you can make decisions and choices, I encourage you with your freedom, find out who Jesus is. I guarantee through your research, you'll find that he loved you so much that 
who died on the cross for your sins, make you right standing before him. Now he offers his hand to you, waiting for you to grab it. Once you make that decision and respond to him and grab his hand, you will experience everything that you've had questions meaning and purpose, and unconditional love, everything else beyond that as well. I hope I hope that answered your question, Johan. That was so deep, bro. <laughs> I mean, I think, mm, no, I, just, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I... Uh, I grew up in a in a in a household that was less than accepting of Jesus, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, one thing led to another, and I, I really believe that Jesus is the only truth. And I encourage, yeah, just like Nahil, I encourage you guys to search for truth. I think this guy's been listening to a little too much Ravi Zacharias, but um, <laughs> yeah. Last question, um, uh, Nahil, do you host a Bible study, or alternatively? Plug your church. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll go with my church first. Um, I go to a very small church. Um, we meet up at Runcorn High School, which is in the south side. I've been going there most of my life. Um, probably only about 20 people or so there. If you're keen to come, feel free to message with me and I'll hit me up. I'll definitely like invite you, get you to come along. I could even pick you up and take you there. We meet up at 9.30 a.m. every morning, on a, every Saturday, Sunday morning. And in terms of Bible study, um, I go to a few Bible studies um, during the week. Um, a lot of my friends hold Bible studies. Um, that's where I met Ilham actually as well, um, through a friend named Caleb. He hosts the Bible study every Monday. Um, but I hold a Bible study with a couple of friends as well on Tuesday nights. Um, we do it over Zoom at 7.30. If you're keen to join that as well, um, again, hit me up. Uh, my name's Nahil Rana, so just um, message me on Facebook or something, and I'll definitely, definitely add you to the Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so no, that's awesome. Actually, my mic just cut out for a second there. I'm oh, sure. I was like, where did he go? Right. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, no, that's awesome. So, like, if you guys want any details on Nihil's um, Bible studies or church, you can just either, um, if you know him personally, you may, you can message him through there. And uh, if not, just comment on the the podcast or just do anything really i'm pretty sure there's a channel to contact the podcast through um yeah on you know and here and nahil did mention a caleb uh shout out to caleb he's uh, you know one day he's going to be on this podcast but um yeah uh, that brings us to the end of this month's podcast um already that was quick yeah that was it seems quick man but i'm telling you um when I look at the timestamp, it's going to be over 20 minutes, I swear. <laughs> Time goes by really fast when you talk about Jesus. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I hope you guys uh, had an enlightening time at the Hazard Feeds podcast. Uh, thanks always to Elisha for, for providing the theme music for our podcast. Uh, God bless. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, yeah, just a little tidbit there. And see you guys next month. See ya.
House of Peace.